Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Web3 for Digital Marketers podcast. I'm here with Ipshita Kumar, the VP of Brand Innovation from Hype. And uh, yeah, great. Thanks for joining the, the podcast, Ipshita. We've got a bunch of stuff to cover around Web3, brands, NFTs, all of that stuff. Um, before we do, you know, I just gave you a title, but great. If you could just give us a little bit more background on, on what you do, what you're all about, that'd be great. For sure. It's been such a pleasure having um, off-screen chats with you and to finally be live on this podcast. Um, I come from a South Asian background, so my roots are from New Delhi, India. studied hospitality and tourism in my pre-tech years, or let's just say like post, uh, just like out of high school years, uh, because experience management is just something that just that would just come very naturally. And I really wanted to pursue that as a career. Um, over time, I saw that hospitality as an industry was simply not innovating in tech um, as fast as other aspects of my life were. So I was using Uber to order a car in a second and I was using Deliveroo and Globo to order food. So really, or, or like really sophisticated technology in my everyday social life, which was simply not translating into professional. Um, so that also kind of started my journey uh, moving towards tech. And today, um, like you said, I'm VP of Brand Innovations at Hype, which is uh, one of the largest and the oldest, actually, uh, crypto marketing agency um, in the world. Uh, we've been around for the last five years, 180 people strong, completely remote. Most people haven't even met each other. Hmm. Um, so we've really just gone through I think at least more than two to three different bear and bull markets. So what's really happening right now doesn't phase us. Uh, and as uh, and as Jake, um, founder of Hype, says, uh, he started Hype because really developers sucked at marketing. Um, if you if you even dated back to five years ago, so it was about how do I bring together some awesome marketing experts and help them bring their product to the mainstream um, consumer adoption. So I joined Hype about a year ago as their head of NFTs. Uh, this was also when NFTs are becoming a little bit popular uh, to pretty much understand what kind of service offering can we provide our customers and then um, what would that next wave of consumer experience look like. And as I was developing the department within, um, within Hype, we saw I think every second week, a new brand entering. This is around last year, January until the end of the year. Um, so, the, 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 so my role essentially kind of transformed into brand innovation. So today I manage um, a team of 30 people. So for all the way from NFTs, metaverse, gaming, um, research, events, uh, everything kind of falls um, under the scope of uh, my team. And we really help um, heritage as well as emerging brands in this space to understand what is their Web3 presence going to look like? How do I feature-proof my products and services? How do I build that Web3 community? Um, and just kind of be there holding hand. And it doesn't matter if we're hosting a massive out-of-home activation or just helping them in strategic advisory. We essentially kind of take care of the entire um, circle for them. Awesome. Great introduction. Loads to unpack. And, you know, like five years is such a long time in this space, right? In fact, 12 months is a long time, even three months. And, uh, you know, before we get into the specifics, um, and you touched on a lot there, for our audience, and our audience really is, you know, those those marketing leaders who are you know, Web2 people learning about Web3, and we're hearing the word Web3 now, 
you know, a little bit too much, almost a bit buzzy. And it's, I'd love it to, in your words, you know, what is Web3? What does it encompass from a marketing person's point of view? What should they be thinking about when they hear this Web3 term? What does it mean? Yeah, for sure. I think in the simplest way to put it, it would be the next iteration of the internet where you're using blockchain technology to perform transactions on chain. On chain in this case would be the blockchain. Um, there is also a baseline understanding that any and every physical and digital asset will now have proof of ownership because they will all be recorded on chain. And then um, you're essentially also turning your audience um, that you would have on, on social media or your email marketing list into a community because community is also an epicenter of every single Web3 project. Um, this is also because we're seeing a, the, a consumer mentality shift, right? They want to be participating a bit more in the, the everyday brand activations instead of just going ahead and pressing a double heart or, or, or making a comment. They want to be more involved in the everyday decisions that you want to make as a brand. Um, and then essentially, you're also catering to a completely different target audience, if not, um, an extension of, of the previous generation. So really anything after your younger millennials who are digital natives, um, you're targeting them because as they move um, into their adulthood, they're spending more and more time online. So you're also thinking, what is that next step can I take um, as an extension to my products and services? So I'd say it's, it's overall is simply just the next iteration of the internet. Just the way you were looking at what do I do from an offline to an e-commerce strategy. Now you're looking at what do I do as an on-chain strategy. Um, it's a big jump. Um, but if you just look at the last 12 months with all the different products that have mushroomed to make that adoption easier and more seamless, um, I just don't see why in the next five years it becomes um, mainstream adopted by by most brands. Yeah, for sure. And and yeah, I mean, the, the word, you know, NFT is, is an interesting word. It's an interesting um, place. You're seeing it used less and less and Web3 being used in place of it. But you know, if we go back to last year and the kind of 18 months before, uh, you know, to anyone on the street who's heard the word NFT, they think about digital art and, and that's kind of almost the end of it unless they understand beyond that. But, you know, in terms of what you've seen and what you are seeing with brands leveraging NFT technology, have you got some good examples? Can you give us some, you know, kind of insights into how you're seeing brands leverage this technology beyond just the digital art, which is a big part of it, but you know, there's a lot more to it than that, right? The way I understood, or no, let me take that back. The way I explained it to my mom, <laughs> what NFTs are, because she's like, so you're head of NFTs, what do you really do? What does this mean? And it's a very obvious question, right? So um, the way I explained to her is that just NFTs really, they're nothing except just code. They're, they're, they're a digital ledger. And this is a, the, the back end side of the things is that you're just essentially recording this transaction on a blockchain and you're putting it on a digital ledger. That's your NFT. But then there's always a front facing. The front facing can be beautiful artwork, mm. can be a membership card, which again also has a beautiful artwork. It can be music. It could be anything that you want to digitize and you want to make sure that that, that specific item lives on the blockchain is um, can be can be called as an NFT. So it's really a generic term um, than 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 a trend setting term. So over time, um, we've also seen different use cases evolve for NFTs. So um, you, you went from PFPs to PFPs that give you specific access, and then you have um, membership cards, uh, your loyalty program. So really, there are 
very different types of use cases um, with this specific string of technology and different brands based on who they are as um, as a personality, as a brand personality, are tapping into the different use cases. Um, so, like you have the Starbucks loyalty program, then you have Nike really innovating in the digital fashion um, space. Overall, you 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 just see the different use cases that that have um, kind of come up. Um, it's also a great way for brands to think about uh, to future proof their products and services because. Um, as you as you move from 2021 2022 um different nft activations you're going to see that every brand is coming up with more frictionless and and more seamless ways of uh onboarding their community onto web3 so um yeah and i also kind of forgot the initial question so i realized i wandered off that's <laughs> right just well no i mean that you were you were, you were bang on we're just talking about how brands are leveraging nfts so and yeah and actually i mean if we just pick into an example there because i think it it's a good segue for some other questions i want to ask you mentioned starbucks which you know starbucks is as i understand right now are kind of in beta with their nft loyalty program uh, which is essentially will will it's it's for their employees actually as well as their consumers but it'll allow allow me or you to you know get a digital collectible that can be worth something at Starbucks, whether it's a discount on a coffee or whether it's something much bigger, the you know, more, uh, uh, you know, an experience. So, um, you know, there, yeah, I mean, within there is a good example. I suppose the question beyond that is, are you seeing, you know, how far do you think we are from mass adoption of those types of loyalty programs with Web3, with NFT technology? You know, it, 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 you know, are we going to see a kind of up curve over the next six to 12 months? Is it a five-year journey? You know, what do you, what do you believe with someone who works with, you know, brands in brand innovation. What what are you seeing in terms of this kind of NFT loyalty piece and and where it might be heading? We definitely see this this year specifically. Uh, like, there's a there's a certain degree of fatigue with the word NFT. So the mm. first thing we're seeing is let's chuck the word NFTs and let's find a way to replace it with something that our our community would understand, our community would actually come 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 ahead and support. Because, like I said, in the end, it's an underlying technology that allows you to again innovate, connect better with your community, or even just build a community from scratch that maybe you just never had before um so th that's like the the gradual transaction uh, transition sorry um but if you think about the route to buying an nft 12 to 15 months ago was you sign up at a crypto exchange you make sure you've transferred fiat from your bank account to the exchange then you're you're trading the crypto and then you're setting up a wallet and then you're transferring the money into your wallet so really that 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 process was not has was never made for the common man. Yeah. My mother would never do it. If I wasn't working in crypto, I wouldn't do it. Even my cousin wouldn't, uh, who who's a 16 year old and and doesn't understand crypto. So, really, as we move forward, we're, you're seeing brands adopt this technology, but in a way that they do not want to make their um, community feel that they are buying an NFT. So I think a great example would be just this weekend, um, there was a festival called Lollapalooza in India. Oh, did, um, it happened in India, did it? Yeah, I know I yeah. know the festival, but yeah. Anyway, I won't go off topic Perfect. on it, but yeah, Very interesting. <laughs> Perry Farrell. Um, and uh, was a, um, is, is the main sponsor. So at Lollapalooza, you have this massive um, 
stage section, which is basically where you go, you, you scan your ticket and you're able to mint your first PFP or your first festival head. Um, so what, it, what this really does is for all the people in the last 24 months, they've been hearing the word NFT and they've been scared because maybe it's cost me $2 million or I don't really own a crypto wallet. Um, it's for any and every Lollapalooza ticket holder that can go scan the QR code um, with the help of Polynesian's AI and Lemonade as a tech provider. They're essentially kind of able to go uh, click a picture, creates a really cool avatar and you can mint it. And that experience itself is so personal yeah. because it has the uh, it has the branding of Budweiser. And this will something this is something I'll always remember. And this almost takes me back to so I'm a big festival goer. Um, when I was living in Spain, this was this was very, very common to go every weekend to the brunch in the park or or you're going to digital festival and you'd have these um, reusable plastic glasses. Uh, which were which would have really beautiful artwork, and every different festival you'd go to, you'd get a different you'd get a different reusable glass. So, I remember owning a big stack of glasses at home, and then the same thing with my wristbands. So these are all ways of remembering who you were at that event. It becomes a part of you, an extension of you, but in the physical world. Now, the moment I, as someone who's never owned a PFP, can simply go and mint one at the festival that I've paid a ticket to, to go to, that's it. For the rest of my life, I'll always remember that this is where I minted my first PFP. So the meaning of an NFT for that user has completely changed and you've just integrated into their entire experience seamlessly without making them um, subjected to um, a marketing campaign that you discover on Instagram and then you have to download a wallet. It's just, you're, you're really seeing brands go a little bit away from the traditional way and, and finding ways of integrating into your everyday life. So that's a big change that we're gonna see this year is how can we use this technology um, to integrate into our existing roadmap of, of our brand um, and not even make our uh, community feel that they are buying an NFT for that matter of fact. Makes a lot of sense. I think the key thing, you know, listening to you speak there is, uh, you know, if I'm a festival goer, I, I don't really need to understand anything around the word NFT, around the word crypto wallet. All I need to understand is that, you know, I'm at a festival, I'm having a real experience. I'm also having a digital experience at the same time. And, you know, there's an integration between those two things. There's stuff that happens, there's collectibles. And, yeah, I think we've got a problem in this industry of kind of wanting to get away from the language and the acronyms a bit because it's about the end consumer experience around this technology without needing to understand what an NFT is or how blockchain works or how a crypto wallet has anything to do with it. So, yeah. I mean, think about all the different um, web pages you interact with. Let's look at Instagram. I don't need to know the code behind reels. I just need to know how to upload a reel and make it go viral. That's all as a yeah. consumer I'm, I'm caring about, but I don't care about what, what is the infrastructure behind forming a reel um, from the code perspective. So really NFTs are seeing that, that, that shift at this point, and which is awesome because for the longest time, people who are working in this space, they've been trying to um, advocate for the same thing like NFTs there. They're simply a line of code. Um, they're nothing more <laughs> um, with, with, with just something very beautiful front facing. But yeah, um, I agree with you. Makes a lot of sense. Community. I want to talk about community a bit. A couple of questions. And I think firstly, I mean, we're seeing if we look over the last 18 months, we've seen major brands do NFT launches successfully. Um, a number yeah. of them, you know, big clothing brands, sports brands, probably, you know, the main ones we see in the media. 
And there's a PR element to that. There's being seen, there's wanting to be seen as, you know, the brand out there that's doing it first. But, you know, are these brands then leveraging and creating communities around that effectively right now? Or is it all about that first drop? You know, are, are there gaps? Because for me, I mean, I, I really see the long-term opportunity is how you leverage and how you create beyond that initial launch. Are you, you know, are you seeing success yet? Is there more to be done in terms of the community element to, you know, engaging around NFT drops around the Web3 space? So if you look at community, it is definitely the single tool that will make or break your journey as a brand in Web3. Um, and more and more brands are realizing that as they move forward, uh, a lot of them have received backlash because um, because of all the different news uh, that you see floating around um, everywhere. So it's about brands understanding either they already have a Web3 community and they want to engage this community and the way to do it is by giving by offering and then you're you're not just in a state of let's say value extraction and you can do this either by building your own community from scratch or partnering with existing communities um i really like this activation that hennessy did with um friends with benefits cafe 11 in in paris so really um what they did is um they launched an exclusive Web3 membership where they were offering uh, a pop-up experience approach in, in different key cities. And they created this curated experience where you could have cognac tasting, a range of culinary and ent entertainment events, live music, exhibitions, workshops. So as a cognac brand, you're thinking, what can I do outside of just launching a PFP collection? Um, to build my Web3 community. And their approach was let's go with an existing cultural DAO, um, work with them to understand what is it that Friends with Benefits community likes, what is their um, persona like, and let's create a service offering, not just for them, but the lookalike profiles of FWB, because it's also not restricted only to FWB. So um, community, I'd say, is, is a very interesting one because those who get it, they get it. And those who don't, they massively fail um, at, at innovating in this space. Yeah, well, I think there's a big, there's a learning curve around this right now. And I mean, it's a linked question. And actually, I, I wanted to ask you about wallet marketing. And I'm not going to ask yet, but I mention it now because you might end up answering it as part of the same, same answer. Um, and this, I think, came from our pre- chats before the podcast i think you'd made this may be even your words this question but if i'm a marketing manager web 2 i'm trying to learn about you know nfts blockchain web 3 you know what is the difference for me between hey i've got a million we've got a million on people on instagram following our brand and hey we've got a million wallets you know a million wallets out there um with customers we've interacted with that's why I mentioned wallet marketing, because I know it's maybe the same type of question. But yeah, what what should, you know, what is the difference? What are the things I should be thinking about in terms of my future interaction with those customers, the value of those followers versus wallets and, and stuff? Because I think that for me is a real valid question and point in terms of the thinking of anyone going from kind of Web 2, Web 2.5 to, to this Web 3 space as a, as a marketing leader. Absolutely. And I'd say, so... Historically, communities always uh, communities are always born around shared interests, right? And as a brand, you develop products to cater to those who are the close who are the closest community in your mind. So 
when you are working with your community in, in, in the web two approach, so you have platforms like IG, TikTok, um, Snapchat, I can take the next 60 seconds name dropping a bunch more. Um, you're essentially working with borrowed community. They're not really your community per se. Um, they're the community of the platform, but then you've been able to create a brand that allows you to attract certain community members to follow your profile. What you want to be doing as a brand immediately is once you've, you've, you've established your presence, you want to be looking at how can I convert the borrowed audience into my own audience. Web3 allows you to natively do that. So really, if you look at all the brands that are born on Web3, so I would say Doodles is a great example, or Board Ape, um, Yacht Club. So these are communities that were born on chain. Um, they, from the beginning, were able to own, quote unquote, their community because they have direct access to it, to them. Whereas communities slash brands that are born on um, online, um, they or like on Instagram, they're essentially having to think about, all right, I have a million followers. I am already spending prob a bunch of ad dollars a month to reach to reach my own community. But then now it's about how can I convert them into my own um, offline community that I do not have to depend on an external platform to constantly activate them. So that's where also um, wallet marketing comes in because once you've done your, let's say even one or two activations in Web3, you've been able to gather um, 100, 200, few, few thousand members or few thousand wallet addresses. It's also about looking at those wallets, open wallets, public wallets, and seeing what does this consumer profile look like? Because in the end, if I'm a beer brand, the only thing I care about is how to sell more beer. Yeah. It doesn't matter if I can sell it at a shop, online, on chain, in a game. It doesn't matter. My my end KPI as a marketing manager, I want to sell more products. It's just that we have many tools to make that happen today. So as an alcohol brand or as, 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 as a clothing or apparel brand, when I have 2,000 wallet addresses, open public wallet addresses, how can I train my staff or how can i find the right talent in the market that can go ahead look into their wallets because they're open they do not have any personal details attached but maybe they each of them have a collection of 10 to 15 different nfts can i look at the different nfts as per this wallet id owns and start thinking about what is that persona this 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 person would have and how do i translate this person into buying more of my product um so it's, 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 it's also something I keep telling my team that, okay, if I give you my wallet address today, can you close your eyes and tell me who I am outside of work by just looking at my NFTs? And that should be becoming more and more of a trend because as we move away from the experimentation and as this becomes a norm, we're going to want to look at tangible ways to drive um, our KPIs and goals. And the only way you can do this is by becoming a bit more data driven. And the good thing about Web3 is since data is yours um, and the community is yours, you can really own that bit. So um, we're definitely going to see wallet marketing side kind of uh, booming. And once you understand those personas, you'll then have, again, different platforms and tools that can help you engage a specific segment of um, the target audience. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I read your article on 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 wallet marketing, and I, you know, I've come from a 
CRM background, you know, before this some time ago. But I see that as a massive play as this, you know, I mean, Salesforce, I think, is launching a product later in the year. But once this starts to kind of integrate internally into CRM systems, and that's when you'll get a lot more mainstream adoption because the business, the brand will be pushing more to be able to market in that way from an internal perspective and manage the data side of this business. So it's an interesting, it's going to be an interesting 12, 24 months, I think. So. Definitely. Um, and in terms of also brands, because uh, you said something about Salesforce and how they're building a CRM. Um, that's a great example, because when you look at brands like Nike, you look at brands like um, Gucci or let's say Prada, then you have Salesforce, Disney, um, Starbucks. So you, these are different types of brands. And what I like about them is not all of them went down the NFT route saying, we're just going to go ahead and launch the NFT collection. These are some of the most respected brands in the world. They took a step back. They thought, okay, if I'm Salesforce, CRM has been my bread and butter for the last X amount of years. What can I do today to kind of go on chain? I do not need to launch an NFT, but I do need to maybe build the next iteration of CRM and be the leader today. Um, and then similarly with, with, um, with other uh, companies uh, or brands that are innovating in this space, which, which is what I, I like about uh, some of these brands and how they're working in Web3. Indeed. Brands innovating in this space, you mentioned a few there. Um, something that seems very apparent, I mean, you, you, you said a number of 600, I think, earlier. You've seen there's been 600, roughly, NFT drops. Uh, it seems to me that we're hearing all the big names, the, the you know, Fortune 500. But in terms of what you're seeing more broadly, and actually, I suppose, from, from our point of view as a business, the audience we're speaking to, which I would say is that tear down. Um, you know, are you seeing... Um, are you seeing activity? Are you seeing NFT campaigns, Web3 um, experimentation happening with the brands that kind of come under the, 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 the major tier brands? And even if not, what, what should those brand managers be thinking about? Is it time to experiment? Is now a good time? Should they be jumping in and, and learning a bit? So I'd like to take maybe five steps back to just look at how brands are born. Um, and a lot of times this, this becomes a confusing one. Um, I'd say offline, online, and then on-chain. So a brand can be really born in any of the categories. You can be born offline as a brick and mortar solution. And then you're thinking, and you, if you were a brand in the nineties, you're thinking, okay, now that the internet boom has happened, how do I go develop my e-commerce strategy? A brand can be born online. So uh, really your Instagram brands or um, so kind of think of like Kylie Jenner's makeup brand uh, born on Instagram. But then from time to time, um, they want to do a pop up in the offline space because they also want to be present offline. And then you have on-chain brands like Doodles we mentioned or, or Bored Ape. And then they're also looking at what can we do in terms of online. So maybe having our own e-commerce strategy and then also in the offline activation, can we go to NFT NYC and do something really cool for our members? So brands can be really born in any of these categories, but once they find their product market fit, um, they, do, they do want to transcend to the other category to make sure that they're touching all three of these uh, touch points and then also to every single type of target audience. So brands in general, they're, they can be falling anywhere here. Um, right now, just because the, the technical 
integration and the heavy lifting on the financial resources side is why we're seeing a lot of bigger brands take this risk. Mm -hmm. And also these bigger brands, um, or let's say heritage brands, they've been in the forefront of digital innovation and dictating the trend for the last 20, 30 years. Um, if you look at uh, the partnership between Venly and Shopify, which is Venly becomes the, the, the wallet of default for anyone, um, any of the Shopify merchants wanting to launch their NFTs, this will really help with that mass adoption because for sure you cannot have a Shopify merchant um, or let's say an average Shopify merchant uh, spending half a million dollars on, on a custom game development. So. Are we there yet? No, but are we on that path? Absolutely. And it will take place over the next four to five years. Um, I was surprised that last year for Metaverse Fashion Week, there was um, there was this brand called Papa Don't Preach by Shubika. It's a very, very local brand of uh, wedding wear in India out of Mumbai. And they had their uh, digitized pieces do a catwalk um, in Decentraland. So I was really shocked because I did not expect them, I did not expect a small brand to, um, and when I say small, I don't mean, um, I, I essentially mean um, not the heritage brands, to be thinking in the innovative space um, and to, to be a part of something so tech forward. So the, the interest is there, the curiosity is there, the know-how isn't there. Uh, or the the resources aren't there. And right now, a lot of the layer ones, layer twos, they're building products um, or they're partnering with different ecosystems to be able to build those products to make that transition easier for small to medium businesses. So Instagram integrating NFTs into their, into their marketplace as well allows um, small to medium businesses to start innovating, listing um, their digital products as well. So... It's going to happen and I can't wait for that because what NFTs would mean in the next 12 months would be so different from what we're having the conversation about today. Uh, they'll never change the fact that they're still a piece of uh, line of code, yeah. but how it's going to be perceived, the, the way it's going to be integrated in our, in our lives, the use cases are going to evolve drastically. Um, one thing, for example, um, I'd love to see as a use case at some point is we're doing so much for the final consumer, but how can we take the same technology of ownership uh, or like membership with utilities and bring it to the staff? So if we're looking at hospitality, I have, I have a great friend, um, Donald Compare, um, he works from the, he, he comes from a very legit hospitality background as well. Uh, we were discussing the other day we're doing so much for the final consumer, but what if hotels and restaurants were to look at the same technology and apply it as an employee retention program? And this will become very normal. That is, okay, if, you are, if you've been working in the company for X amount of months or years, you get, the NF, you get an ex-NFT, which allows you to have um, different utilities which are recorded on chain so there isn't also much of red tapism so would also love to see how this technology can kick back into the lives of the folks that are driving um that experience for the final consumers as well cool a lot to happen a lot to uh, it's going to be an interesting interesting few years in this space hey so um i didn't have any other questions uh if there isn't if there's anything i didn't ask that you'd like to share then yeah, please let me know. Otherwise, it'd be great also to share your details for our audience where they can learn more about yourself and what you do and get in touch. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think we, we covered a lot. Uh, there's, there's also a lot to di digest. Um, 
I really hope that we steered away from the jargon because that's that's one of the things that scares a lot of people when they're when they're also listening to to audio content or video content. Um, but yeah, I think um, so. Yeah, anyone can contact me on Ipshita, so my first name at um, hype.partners. Um, and then I'm also available on LinkedIn as Ipshita Kumar. Um, you'll see my purple PFP as a profile picture, so it's very easy to spot. And um, yeah, looking forward to um, receiving any interest from anyone. Cool. Awesome. Well, for anyone watching or listening, I will leave all those details in the speaker notes below. Um, really appreciate you spending the time to, to jump on for half an hour and chat about this space. And yeah, let's do it again sometime because you're, you're right. I mean, it's that there is a lot to cover. I don't think we mentioned too many buzzwords or acronyms, although there are many in this space. So, uh, yeah, thanks so much. Really appreciated you jumping on and enjoyed the, the conversation. My pleasure. And would love to hear this podcast 12 months from now and think, oh, wow, things mean so different these days. So can't wait for that moment. Uh, awesome. Thanks so much for this opportunity. Awesome. Have a good afternoon.